Welcome to episode 40 of the Forward from 50 podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories their way in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward from 50 and your host for today's show. Today, I will be speaking with a former middle school teacher who found the classroom to be increasingly challenging, so she vents her out on her own to coach adults and to create content for others. Mary Crimmins is from Orlando, where she worked for 17 years as a teacher instructing middle school students in history, government, and geography. After COVID created extraordinary challenges for teachers, Mary decided to leave the classroom and start her own communications business. It was the fulfillment of a dream she harbored for years. Now Mary produces a diverse amount of material for people and organizations, including writing books on behalf of others. She also wrote a book herself to encourage and empower other Christians to share their faith in the workplace. To tell us her story and plans for the future, please welcome Mary Crimmins, the founder of Crimmins Communications, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Mary. I really appreciate the time. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from. Right. Thank you so much for having me. I am from Orlando, Florida. My husband and I have been here for most of our lives because both of us are Air Force brats and both of our fathers retired and moved to Orlando. So I was here well before Disney. And so we both grew up here. We met young, we married young, and we've raised our children here. We have two fabulous sons who are grown men that don't live in Orlando, but I'm not going to hold that against them. One's a naval officer and he's in Memphis. I know that there's no oceans around Memphis, but that's where he is. And the other one is a CPA, and he um, is the father of my grandchild and my grandchild-to-be, and he is in Durham, North Carolina. So my husband and I just enjoy uh, living in our quaint little neighborhood and walking our dogs. I am certain that the grandchildren, will, once they discover that Grandma and Grandpa live in Orlando, will be begging to come because there is some major attraction over there. I can't remember what it is that seems to attract kids like magnets. What did you and your husband do? My husband, he is an operations manager for a retail boat company. He's been in, in the marine industry for quite a while. As for me, I, I have worked full-time, Greg, since I was 17 years old. But of that time, I was in business, and we actually owned a business together for a while, which overlapped with the 28 years that I was a professional educator. So the bulk of my career has been as a professional educator, as a teacher, a classroom teacher, teaching history. and government, geography. That's what I was doing. What age group were you teaching? The best age group there is primarily middle school and uh, high school as well. But most of my years were middle school because you can get really good, honest conversation with middle schoolers. High schoolers start to turn inward a little bit too much. I still love high school, but middle school was just absolutely fabulous. The yeah. energy level is pretty incredible for middle schoolers, and it's like corralling cats. But you're right. They're, they still like adults, and they are more than willing to share or be honest in their conversations. They are. And what, I had some good conversations. What did you like most about teaching? I love the fact that, I, I know this sounds trite, but it was so true. I wasn't the smartest person in the room. I needed to be the wisest person in the room, but I wasn't the smartest person in the room. And so it was continually learning and always, my husband said, you don't need to redo all your plans. I said, I have whole new kids this year. They have whole different needs. So just that every day and every year was different. And, and just having those relationships with those students that I still 
have relationships with that they still text me or they email me or we go to coffee. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you specialized or modified your lesson plan to accommodate the various classroom and the people in it. So it wasn't just a standard plan that you pulled out of a drawer, but it based on their needs. And because you're right, every class is different and uh, the personalities in the class are different. And so that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, are you still teaching? I will always be a teacher, Greg. Um, I'm not in the classroom and I will not, I, I don't plan to return to the classroom. I have done some volunteer work with junior achievement, but um, I'll always be a teacher. Um, basically, what I feel like I've done is I've taken my teacher superpowers and transformed them into what I'm doing now. But going back in the classroom it is something that I, I don't foresee happening unless God knocks on the door and literally takes a gaff and drags me into it. Did you, when did you retire from teaching? I didn't retire per se when I, because I taught most of my years in private Christian education, although my last two years were in the largest second largest public high school in Orlando. Wow. I went from private Christian to second largest high school in Orlando. So I didn't retire per se, but it was 2021 because I taught during COVID. Okay. I was in the class. I was in the classroom teaching during COVID. Mask on face, kids in the classroom and kids online at the same time. That would have been horrible. I can't imagine. it was. And I was, I, I just really can't do this anymore. And I want to pursue something that's going to make me, give me some freedom. And at that point, might be energy level. I brought the energy to the classroom, but I, but beyond that, I, I just didn't have it. And I just wanted to live life more fully. Yeah. That's a great segue. So what did you do or decide to do that brought you more energy? I have always written for every single employer I've ever had. I've written their policies, their procedures. And so I wanted to take that skill of my writing, my researching, my organizing, those the skills that help me be a really good teacher and do it for businesses and for individuals. And so I, I started Crimmage Communications. And what I'm doing right now is ghostwriting and content writing. And I'm creating an online course for a client. And I'm moving into some coaching as well. But that's what I did. I took, so I'm still a teacher. I just took uh, what I was really good at and I'm doing it now in a way that allows me far more flexibility in my life. Yeah. So when did you decide to go into business for yourself? Was this before you left the classroom or after you left the classroom? I, I had always wanted to do it, and which is part of why my husband and I bought a business, which but then I was teaching full time and he was working the business full time and I was working the business part time. But there was a point in my life where I actually made business cards, Greg. And that's as far as it got. That's <laughs> as far as it got. Then a year, few years later, another teacher and I started a business. We called it Pop Ed for Pop Population Education. And we wanted to go in and do teach grammar and communication to businesses. And so we got a couple of jobs and that just um, dissipated really quickly. Um, we did the two jobs and we found out that we couldn't do that, have kids and be teachers. And so it always was something I wanted to do, but the timing wasn't right. It wasn't the right season because we live life in seasons and we live life in moments. And it wasn't the right season for me to do it until 
COVID was like the, the signal. It's time to do it. Right now you're serving business clients with whatever needs they might have that involve with uh, writing and content creation? Exactly. Yeah. Just as projects and like, Mary, I, I, I think I can do it, but I don't have time to do it. Or Mary, I just don't have the skill set to do it. Can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And old enough to have the wisdom to say no, but also it's been really cool the things I've been able to say yes to. Mm-hmm. It's just been a really, I, I've met, I always worked with a lot of interesting people because 12, 13 and 14 year olds are really interesting. And so that part of my life was gone, but it's been fulfilled now with the different people that I'm meeting as clients or through networking. Yeah. So it just Correct. doing the same thing, but shifted it. It shifted it to a little older audience. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I understand you wrote a book. I did. I did. It was not the first book I started. It was the first book I finished. <laughs> and what happened was on January 23rd, I woke up in the morning. I journal pretty often. And I don't want to say daily, but I journal very regularly. And so I just really felt God leading me in this Holy Spirit. And I was journaling about the Holy Spirit. And then I was meeting with a, a woman. I was doing some coaching with her. And what we were doing on that particular day was she was going to write and I wrote. And then we switched and we read each other's writing. And so that, so I continued what, what started in the morning when she and I met. And her words to me were just so encouraging. So I felt like the push from, push that morning from God and then the push that morning from a human being were like, I'm going to, I'm going to run with this. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this. And I was determined to finish it and get it published. So it's called Taking the Holy Spirit to Work. And what does that mean? Essentially, what I'm talking about is the fact that even though a lot of my career was in Christian, in Christian, with Christians and Christian education, and I worked a lot with secular as well as I was a paralegal. I also worked as a purchasing agent. But I found that when I got to work or when, and when others get to work, even if it's a Christian study, that basically you're leaving the Holy Spirit in the car. And I really feel that Christians in the workplace, regardless of what we think the culture and the political climate or whatever is, are really shirking back on, on who they could be fully. And so it was basically saying, here's what happened with me. Here's how I had to depend on the Holy Spirit, because I'll be really honest with you, Greg. I would have completely imploded my career at certain points in time if I didn't have the Holy Spirit. Oh, I can imagine you're working with preteens. But and it was working with preteens and you're working with, with people in a, in a spiritual, religious context and, they're, and in a context that's, that cost them money. And then in the public school, it was different dynamics, but still there was a lot to balance. And so essentially, I knew what the Holy Spirit did for me. And I want, it, I want other people to realize that. And I want people who are Christians to start feeling like they could be their selves at work, but also allow other people who are different to be themselves. And so that's the message. So the book encourages people to be more faithful in sharing their faith at work? Or is it more just relying on the Holy Spirit to have control of the the entire situation? More reliance on the Holy Spirit, but encouraging that that you are a Christian and that there there will be opportunities if 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 we all really work harder I'm looking at that person in front of us and getting to know them and asking questions. You hit a, I, 
You hit on it. That's the development of the relationship first that gives you the ability to speak into their life, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you never know, especially when you're having conversations with people like Mm -hmm. in the hallways or just whatever, they'll often throw out little nibbits of information to see if somebody picks up on what they're trying to say. And Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit can help you figure that out and say, hey, wait a minute, why did she talk to me about this? And then you can follow up on that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I'm so imperfect and I'm, I'm a very strong personality. So I had to know when I would, when to draw back. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. And so I realized that everybody has my personality thing, goodness, that otherwise, but I feel like I, the examples I gave, people can say, hmm, yeah, I can, I can see where that, I can apply that. A lot of people are worried about sharing their faith at work or even expressing a faith. Is that something they really need to be worried about? I was really gifted with being able to talk to a couple of organizations. One primarily deals with First, First Amendment rights for anyone, it, mainly in academic situations. And the other one deals with more religious situations and focuses on Christians. And one of those people that I want to be very cautious in not making something bigger than what it is. I, I get that some some people feel as if their voice has been squelched, but sometimes I feel like our voices are squelched because we have made certain choices, uh, and that's where I want people to feel like confident. But you're not getting on top of a table and with a bullhorn. It, it, that's not what it's all about. So definitely, I'm sure there are people with situations where they haven't felt comfortable with expressing who they are. And they're Christians as well who have felt that way. Definitely. Does the book help people get that confidence that they need to be more assertive? Or maybe not assertive is the right word, but more willing to share their faith? I hope so. And I'm very clear in, in saying I'm not a theologian and I'm not an evangelist. I'm simply a woman who knows what the Holy Spirit did for me. And I truly believe if it could happen for me, it can happen for someone else as well. Yeah. Did going into business for yourself later in life require any changes or special investments? Oh, goodness. Yes. And I think not so much because of what I've done is it doesn't take a lot of capital. I need a computer and I need my own stamina and willpower, but definitely an investment in a lot of learning curves, a lot of investment in, in, I did ghostwriters, I ghostwriter school, I took courses, a lot of learning curves. And Getting to the, got to the point finally where the investment in myself was that, you know what? I don't need to worry about what anybody else thinks. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to serve my clients well. And I just don't have to worry about performing. And it took me a while to get away from that mindset of really working where it's counterproductive to try to please others. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, to do that. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. How did you right. find your first clients? Having coffee. Yeah, I, I, I have been blessed to be in the same community for a long time. And so I tapped into a lot of the community and I just simply started reaching out to people. And we, most of my clients have come from having coffee, not necessarily with them, but they led to somebody else. And yeah. It's amazing what those networks can do for us. It is. And I've just been, after teaching for 28 years in the same area, 
um, I really can't go anywhere without seeing somebody that I know. And so I still tap into that community. But also my husband has worked within the um, boating industry for well over 30 years. And I tapped into that, too. I just I just was call people up and said, hey, can you meet with me? And can I take a half an hour of your time? Okay. And immediately writing that thank you note and thanking them for the gift of their expertise and their time. And it really has just really helped and paid off. So what you did is you invited people out to coffee and Mm -hmm. you were basically trying to pick their brains about things that might be needed in the business world without trying to sell them specifically on services that you could do. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So here's what I want to do. Tell me if I'm crazy and tell me what you don't understand. And yeah, so I had coffee with a woman and she says, I'm trying to understand what you're doing. And she's, oh, okay. I think you're counseling there, Mary. And then about a month later, she said, we have this book that's a hot mess. Can you do something with it? And so that was my first venture into into developmental editing for for a book Mm -hmm. for somebody else. And it was so much fun. I, I just loved it. I loved hearing the man's voice come through because it was a book that her father for her, that her father had and she says we don't know what to do with it and i was like so and it was took it from a bunch of uh, string of thoughts and weaved it into something and it just was great and they were really happy with the product and i was like oh this is i, I like this this is good and i want to do more of this and it yeah. fell into your lap because yeah, of the conversation yeah. you'd had weeks earlier yeah and and again it was years of relationship with them mm-hmm. so, you had mentioned that there were some challenges that came with ghostwriting. Can you explain what ghostwriting is and what some of those challenges might be? Yeah, so essentially with ghostwriting, I'm, I'm taking, I'm delving into somebody else's heart and mind, into their experiences and taking the, their story and I'm putting the work into it with the, into the keyboard and, and the words coming out. And I think sometimes the biggest challenge is Getting to that point where you do establish the rapport, where they're, they're, they feel good enough with you to, to run with that. And yeah, and, and thankfully, I've been able to do that where I've been able to establish the rapport. And then they're like, oh, okay, I don't really, I, I, I can trust you to move forward with the rest of it. So that's one challenge with ghostwriting. And of course, the other challenge is the challenge of any business person is finding the next client to keep that pipeline going. That's always a challenge. And so I, I've been fortunate that it's streaming in. It's not a fire hose because I don't want a fire hose. I live fire hose life enough with being a teacher. Yeah. So I'm satisfied with that, but I would like to get the peace of mind of of more of the pipeline coming through. That is one of the advantages to being over 50 is because you can slow down and nobody's going to fault you for doing that. Yeah. Was it hard for you to write things in other people's voices as a ghostwriter? So it sounds like it's coming from them. It depends. I guess it would depend on the person. But so far, the people that I have worked with, no, it hasn't been hard. I'm sure there's somebody out there that maybe has some other voice or wants some kind of theme to come through that may not resonate with me. But as long as it, you know, it, it has to resonate with me as well. And just really listening to the person, listening to their cadence, listening to their phrases. And then you, you get into being able to use that and weave all that in, uh, listening to where their heart is. I had a situation recently where I wrote a chapter and it was weaving in the woman's great uncle. And she texted me. She goes, oh my gosh, 
you so captured uh, the situation with my great uncle. I am in tears right now. Mm. And it was like, wow. So I you know, took a screenshot and my husband could look at this because, yeah, you work solo. You're by yourself. And so if you mess up, it's on you. If you do well, it may, you may not get the kudos. But if you mess up, it's definitely on you. Mm-hmm. So it was just very, uh, just very reassuring, very encouraging. Yeah. I like ghostwriters because they provide a very valuable service because everybody has a story. Uh, their life yeah. is nothing but stories. It's one story after another. And things that happen in somebody's life can be used to benefit somebody else. And so uh, they can hire a ghostwriter who can help them get those ideas out of their heads and into a book where it belongs. Exactly. And so that's one aspect of what I'm doing and, and something crazy that I'm doing right now, Greg, and it, I guess it seems crazy, but it's actually working out really well, is I'm actually doing an online course for parasail crews. What is that? It, it, so parasailing. Parasailing. Okay. Yeah, yeah parasailing. Mm-hmm. So for the crews, it's a professional development. And I've never parasailed before until this summer where I was, when I went up to one of the guys and said, hey, I, I'm, with, I, I'm working with these people. And so he took me up for free, <laughs> which was a great perk. If you work on your own, you don't get a lot of perks as far as that kind of thing. You get perks of being able to choose your schedule. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm doing that. And it's, wow, I just, this, this mind-boggling stuff of stuff I never thought that I would be doing. And just these um, fun opportunities. It is to help the crew, that the, the people that are hired, you really just be aware of all the different aspects of parasailing because it is, there's a lot to it. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, so to help them with all the aspects. It's basically a professional development, more for the crews than it is for the captain. That makes sense. So the captain would just, buy the course and his staff would take it. Yes, and it's yep. just crazy. It's, who would have thought? Stuff like that. There's things that I just was like, hmm, I would have never thought that this was a thing or that I could do it. Yeah. What kind of coaching services are you providing? Yeah, so essentially writing, coaching, and self-publishing, book coaching. The writing coaching I've done throughout my whole career, even though I was a social studies teacher, my students would be like, oh, Mrs. Grimms, this is not English class. I said, this is education. And you must know how to communicate. You need to know how to communicate verbally, which is with words. And that means spoken word and written word. you got to be able to do it. And really, really? And yes, really. And so I've been doing that kind of coaching for my entire career. And, and I, I like working with people. I love helping people reach their goals, mm-hmm. uh, which is what teachers do. And so now to help people reach their goals, and if they have a book out there that they're like, have it, but I'm just stuck. I don't know what else to do. or I don't have the time to do it because it's so time consuming to be able to do it. And they could just delegate to me and trust me with it. Do you do any tutoring yet? As far as we have, Like students? When I first left teaching and started the business, I was also tutoring and it became very confusing for people. It was like, oh, you're tutoring because my reputation in this, in the neighbor, in the community is uh, that I'm a teacher. And so I did quite well. I had a lot of students. And so I'm really backing off of that and not putting it out there anymore. I've kept a couple people, students simply because they've been with me for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And, but so I'm not tutoring as part of my business anymore. At okay. first, honestly, the tutoring was what was paying for the, the website mm-hmm. the, and bringing that income in. 
but I, I like being in, in, in the classroom and teaching. I, I don't want to go back to being a classroom teacher, but I like being in front of a group and speaking and teaching. And the, the, the tutoring, I love the fact that I'm still having contact with mo most of my kids have been former students that I taught before that are in high school. But yes, I'm really not putting it out there that I'm tutoring. I just yeah. find it encouraging for people who have been teaching for a long time and maybe growing tired of dealing with the bureaucracy or yeah. all the stuff that's going on in the classroom today, but they still love kids and they love teaching. And it sounds like there is a way for people like that who might be over 50 to continue in that area by being a tutor. So that, yeah, that's yeah. neat. I I even thought about maybe doing like a quick course on how to work at the business. That's part of my problem, too, is, Greg, I have way too many ideas. Isn't that amazing? I don't think people realize how much opportunity is really around them. But if they stop and look, they'll just be mm -hmm. amazed that we could live another three lifetimes and not be able to do it all. Exactly. What do you do for fun? Oh, goodness. I We, we travel partly because, I, I mentioned earlier, I have a son in Tennessee and a son in North Carolina. So my husband and I do enjoy traveling, but we don't always go to visit the kids. So that's one thing. I love to travel. I love hiking to waterfalls, but we don't have waterfalls in Orlando, Florida, or in Florida. There's one waterfall up in the Panhandle, and you might as well take a Dixie cup and just pour it over the side, okay? That's what it was when we went there. So I love hiking the waterfalls. I find that it's spiritual, and it's a way to really not concentrate on, just concentrate on my next step my next foot and clear my mind and we walk our dogs our uh, foxhounds we walk them e most evenings and just, we love doing that my husband even though people think of him quiet he's actually he likes being around people he's he is an extrovert even though he's quiet i'm an introvert even though i'm not quiet and so we do a lot of a, a lot of socializing and pretty soon we're gonna as soon as he gets the Christmas decorations up or at, around Thanksgiving, we, we just put the launchers and the fire pit out in the driveway and redneck it up and invite <laughs> random people over it, come over and have, have, a, have a simple dinner with us. So, yeah. But okay. that's one of the things that um, that the songs, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Let's go what, obviously, there's some things we still have to do that, because we're grown-ups, and I still still need to make sure that I vacuum every now and then. I have two dogs. But ultimately, I, I, I want to have fun or just experience joy. You had mentioned earlier that you were involved with Junior Achievement. Are you still doing that? I, I did the Junior Achievement, and I will do that. But I, I find that sometimes places that work on volunteers, that they don't always, I'm here to do it. But yeah. I'm here ready to do it, but... What kinds I, of things do you do with them? It was really cool because I was able to take... I was a very hands-on teacher, and I was able to take a hands-on activity with communication mm. and go into the classroom and do that, and then an answer some questions regarding regarding what I do with, with the business. And, because kids don't realize that it's something that people can do. They don't realize right. the all that's out there, but... It was just really neat because I have so many activities that I, I've gotten rid of most everything, but I'm not getting rid of my activity, mm -hmm. my, that the things I need for that, because I just feel like it's really great for grownups. It's really great for leadership. It's great for communication. Um, but that's what I did. And I think, yeah, they were very happy that somebody didn't just come in and just talk at them. If you had to start over, is there anything you'd be doing differently? 
I walked out of the school for the last time. It would have been May, maybe first of June. And I just jumped into everything right away. I, and my husband's like, why don't you take some time off? So I don't, I think I wouldn't have jumped into it right away. And at that point in time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to write grants and I'm going to do resumes and I'm going to, anything to do with writing, I can do it and I can do it. But now I've learned, no, I don't want to, I'm not writing grants. I, I wrote a grant for my neighborhood. We got it. Yay. Resumes, no. I mean, <laughs> there's just yeah, a lot of time in that. And then once you figure it out what you made per hour, forget it. I, yeah. I, so I rushed into it pretty quickly and also taking classes on SEO and things like that. I was like, yeah, I don't need those classes. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of scattered direction during Good. that time. But now after a couple of years, I'm really focused in on my direction and there was some saying yes to things I shouldn't have said yes to. And then, again, working hard on, I knew better. I knew better than to say yes. I had the discernment. I just didn't have the wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so now working on the discernment and the wisdom of saying no. So that's what I would do different. Not just not jump into it so quickly and not jump into it where I'm scattered. And I just I was trying to do too much. I like that yeah. scattered direction. I also like the idea of taking uh, some time off to serve as a buffer between a career and what the next phase is going to be to yeah. allow you to decompress a little bit. And then that, I think, would open up the creative juices a little bit more rather than being worried, okay, now that I'm on, on my own, I've got to start finding the business and, and getting it going. And eventually, yeah. if you did it the other way, would open doors for you rather than you trying to bang on doors yourself. Exactly. I was operating, I wouldn't say so much out of fear because I have a safety net. I have a husband that's not going to kick me out, <laughs> but I was operating out of angst. Oh gosh, I just left this, these benefits, this salary, and I got to do something. Yeah. And so I was operating out of angst and it was self-imposed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anybody imposing it on me. It was more of, and feeling like I had to prove myself in this phase. And so I was like, no, I, I don't need to prove myself. I'm just going to do the best I can. You've mentioned that you have some other book ideas too. Are there any you'd like to share? Oh, gosh, I have so many. But yes, I'm, I'm currently working on a short book, which is looking at the action words in, in the 23rd Psalm. But the books that I actually have a passion for is I want to write a book about education and the four R's. And the four R's would be reading, because reading, unfortunately, is dead in many schools. Mm -hmm. Rational thinking, which would include math and everything else. Responsibility and relationships. Wow. Yeah. And so I have this idea and I want to do it, but then it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of, it's going to take a lot of interviews. It's going to take a lot of research. And I just haven't gotten to that point. I, but it's not like I'm, it's not in the, it's not in the trash bin. It's just, it's just set aside for right now. Uh, but I really want to do it because I have a passion for the fact that we need to overhaul education in this country. I agree. So I don't want to get on my, on my soapbox here on that, but I just another really podcast. have a passion for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I thought about doing maybe a podcast on it and just doing each little section on the different R's and I would never run out of material, 
But so I have a lot of different books in my head. Uh, most of them are of, of a spiritual nature. I'd, I'd like to write a book. I don't know if this would be the title. It's not random. It's God. But basically showing how these ancient texts really apply to people in the 21st century and really gearing it towards people who just would be like, I don't want to read the Bible or I've never read the Bible or it's too confusing to make it come alive for them, but also not in a way that replaces the Bible. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people over 50 uh, to either help them identify their passion or encourage them to pursue it? I think that whole aspect of looking back at your childhood. I always wanted to be a writer. And like I said, I've always written for all of my employers. And for my students, I would write stories to try to make the history come alive. But other than that, I didn't have the discipline to sit down and write. But look back at their childhood. And what was it that you that really excited you other than the fact that you wanted to be an an astronaut or that you wanted to be a movie star? What what was it? And um, I just, writing was always something I wanted to do. And, but I just didn't, I honestly didn't pursue it until, until recently. Yeah. So I would, I, that would be the bit of advice. And I also, a lot of people come to me and they, and they say, you're retired. And I, no, I'm not retired. And then you reinvented yourself. No, I didn't re- reinvent myself. I really love myself. I don't, we didn't like, I like who I am. I'm at a point where I'm comfortable with my own skin. So I think that's the other piece of, of advice is, don't reinvent unless you need to reinvent, but be comfortable in your own skin um, and then recalibrate and do that. And just keep understanding that even though it might feel like there's fewer seasons and there are, let's face it, there are fewer seasons than there were when I was 40 or when I was 30, those seasons are still there for me to bloom in some way. So that season for me to write a book about education, I, I, I don't feel like I'm like, like I have to jump into it. There's still time for it. They do not feel like you're running out of time. Just live each day to the best of your ability, I think would be the other. That's great advice, Mary. If people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? I would love people just email me and I do my own emails. Mary at Crimmins Communications at C-R-I-M-I-N-S Communications with the S as well, dot com. Then a book is Taking the Holy Spirit to Work and it's available on Amazon. You know, and definitely they can connect with me that way. Just email me. And my Facebook and Instagram is at Crimmins Communications. Very good. We'll be sure to yeah. link to that in the show notes. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for your time and for sharing your story. I think it's wonderful that you're doing this. Pursuing a long lost dream. And what, what a great opportunity to do it. And it still ties into what your natural talent and your learned talent and your experiences are have provided you all your life. So that's great. Yes, Greg. And that, that's a thing. All, all those experiences have led to this point, um, the bad experiences and the good experiences. And so I'm grateful for all, all of them. And I'm so grateful for you to give me this time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I enjoyed speaking with Mary Crimmins, the founder of Crimmins Communications, about her passion to put decades of middle school teaching experience to work, helping to educate adults and to create content for organizations. When she started her business, Mary tapped into an established network of friends and colleagues to make connections to people who are looking for writers and communicators. As she took on different projects, Mary quickly discovered she really liked working on certain things, but not others. Fortunately, as a self-employed communicator, 
she was able to fine-tune her marketing messages to hone in on those projects that piqued her creativity in ways that generated a lot of energy and joy. She also coaches others regarding ways to improve their communication skills, whether writing or speaking. Both remain essential skills people need to succeed in light of the influence artificial intelligence has on communication today. Mary came up with the idea for her book, Taking the Holy Spirit to Work, after sensing Christians often feel obligated to leave the Holy Spirit in the car when they show up for work. She said that's unfortunate because Mary admits her career would have imploded in the past if she had not listened to the Holy Spirit guiding her thoughts, words, and actions. Rather than feeling they must squelch their faith at work, Mary offers advice on the best ways Christians can confidently talk to others to provide comfort and insight regardless of the situation they are in. Mary has a number of writing projects on the back burner too and is contemplating taking her own communication skills to the next level by starting a podcast of her own. Like her students, Mary is always learning herself. Some people think they have to go in a completely different direction from their original careers after turning 50. However, Mary shows it's still possible to have strong purpose without having to reinvent themselves. People can connect with Mary at www.crimmonscommunications.com. The book is available on Amazon and at other bookstores. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life or to get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming sessions to members of the Forward from 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. I'll have another inspirational interview on the next episode of the Forward from 50 podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes.